0: That's N-O-O-M dot com to sign up for your trial today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast. Your morning pitching podcast from pitcherlist.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is July 7th. And yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Christopher Sanchez was my lead yesterday. Six innings, one and run for it. Zero walks in two Ks. He did this against the Rays. 75 pitches, but pretty shocking, right? Well, a lot of balls in play, a lot of quick outs here. Only two strikeouts. He's kind of interesting. The changeup does get a lot of whiffs over a 20% swing strike rate on it. The sinker is kind of fine. He chucks it a lot in the zone, but he's getting the outs with it. So props to him there. And the slider is generally a big swing, uh, big, big uh, strike getting pitch. It wasn't that good in this one. I don't know. Uh, Christopher Sanchez is fine. He's someone that can be considered as a Toby moving forward. Um, I don't really think that Christopher Sanchez is that guy, though, really moving forward in the second half as like, oh, man, this is the next amazing Vargas role that we're going to run with. I don't know. It's fine. Uh Carlos Carrasco against Arizona 8 innings 0 and runs 3 hits 1 walk in 4 Ks. Oh man, that's incredible. Well, it's a 4.5 K per 9 and uh it's nice to see the slider and curve each returning a 42% CSW, 46% at 93.5 and the changeup with a lot of low location, but still at the end of the day it relied so heavily on balls and play again. And I don't know. I I feel like this was a really good Carrasco start. That's awesome. I don't really think that his consistency is going to be there because we just haven't seen it all year. And for him to actually have all these things working and then it's only four strikeouts too? It's, I don't know. I don't want to really uh, punish Carrasco for getting outs effectively. But for fantasy purposes, you know, you want to see a start that Carrasco like really overwhelms to make you feel confident that he can do this moving forward. At this point, this is just really uh, a good BABIP game. And it's harder to buy into that. But of course, I'm saying the slide and the curve were good and change up was good. And the velocity was actually a 93.5, which is matching previous years. And he's been down a lot. He's messed with velocity a bit this year. Sometimes it's like 91, 92 earlier in the year. To see him back at 93.5 is really exciting. So maybe Carrasco does have that in him. Um, And I think uh, as it's going to be for the entirety of this roundup review and of course, tomorrow's and the weekends, we just don't know what the next schedule is. For a lot of these guys, so it's going to be really tough to make decisions right now before we get those schedules coming out. But if Carrasco does have those good matchups, uh, maybe he is worth your time again. Jose Barrios against the White Sox, seven innings, zero and in runs, one hit, one walk, six Ks. As he went opposite Lance Lynn, who matched him essentially um, through seven innings, just with more strikeouts. We'll get to that in a second. But Barrios uh, did this with a 9% CSW slider or, or curveball, I should say. I'm really a slurve is what Savant says, but it's the same curveball from previous years. What's crazy about it is it was so well located. I mean, this was really amazing to me um, where he spotted it so consistently. And it was 9% CSW, a lot of foul balls and a lot of outs. So that's fine. Like, because he located it well doesn't necessarily mean like it's a called strike or a swing strike. Better is an out. So we're happy with this, even though it's a 9% CSW. Uh, Lance Lane against the Jays, seven innings, zero in runs, one hit, one walk, and eleven strikeouts. And yeah, against the Jays, we didn't know what to do. I put him in the questionable start tier, being like, it's a high risk, high reward play. And it felt really weird saying high high reward because sure, the reward is like seven, eight strikeouts, but the chance of four runs or so is super high. And here he is with seven sh- shutout innings. And so what we saw in that amazing sixteen strikeout game from Lance Lane was amazing secondaries. And I want to say that like. Four-seamer and cutter are not secondaries. Those are primaries to me. He just evenly splits them. And then it's everything else of slider, uh, changeup, up uh, curveball, right? But those were not good here. I thought I would see that. I thought I would see those pitches really be amazing. No, it was just four-seamer cutter domination. And I really do mean that 12 whiffs on four-seamers and a 42% CSW cutter. He had 25 whiffs overall. And he didn't even earn a Gallus ball because there's someone else later on. Oh boy. Oh boy. The curve was absolutely chaos. 30% strike rate, and it was just all over the place. Uh yeah, it's it's weird because he's still the same enigma. Like he Lance Lynn is kind of doing the same thing he was doing before, but now he's just getting the results that we kind of wanted to get before. What a wild ride it is with Lance Lynn. I guess he's a hipster, you can't get rid of him. Heading inducing pitcher, stifling the entire roster. You're just gonna keep riding it. I mean, look, that's two of his last three of a total of 27 strikeouts, so I guess he got to do it. Jack Flaherty against the Marlins, 6.2 innings, zero earned runs, nine hits, two walks, and five strikeouts against the Marlins. Fantastic. He got singled out here with those nine hits. Um, We'll take the dusty donut of the bad whip for um, everything else doing well. Only 5 over 44 whiffs, though, on the slider and the curve, but the fastball was at 94. So he gets the Nationals likely on the return from the break. So we're in on that. Kyle Bradish did well against the Yankees. And you guys know me. I'm all about, hey, sliders and curves need to be the thing. While the four-seamer needs to avoid damage. And the four-seamer did not have a single ball in play with 67% strikes, which is just everything you want. That means great. The the, the opposition needs to deal with curveballs and sliders and try to hit those into play. That's not going to work. So they did that with the slider. It was only one out of 26 whiffs, but that was fine with me. Um, And the curves were a thirty-five percent CSW, and he combined that for fifty percent breaking balls, which is good. I'm I'm okay with that. I want to see it sixty to seventy percent, but if this is what we get from Bradish, I think that's okay. Um, I if this is what he does, you know, if he's able to avoid balls and play on the four seamer, I'm so in. It's just I don't know where when he's starting next because the opening series is the Marlins, and then the second one is the Dodgers. So, if he gets the Marlins, I think we take the chance on Braddish. If it's the Dodgers, we're not doing that. So, uh, (laughs) Michael Lorenzen against the Athletics. Uh, Five innings, zero and runs, three hits, zero walks, four Ks. a boy. You did what you're supposed to do as a Toby against the Athletics. And then we just kind of move on and we don't think about Lorenzen anymore. Brandon Williamson against the Nationals. Three innings, zero and runs, one hit, one walk, four Ks. It was a rain delay. Messed this up. It's only 59 pitches. But he did have a lot more fastball velocity and a really good cutter. And maybe there's something to that. Maybe he's actually really coming into throwing harder and doing the seven that is upstairs and inside to right-handers and as a lefty. And um, yeah, it, everything else is bad. Like the slider and the changeup are not something that we care about in the slightest. But fastballs and changeup, or sorry, and cutters can make Williamson somewhat worthwhile. And we want to monitor that one at least. Uh, Sean Armstrong opened in this whole bullpen game for the Rays, and we don't care. Mackenzie Gore was stunted by the rain 1.1 innings so that is that uh george kirby against the astros 6.2 innings one and run six sets one walk in three k's uh he just lived completely upstairs i think he void all the bottom of the zone safer glove side a bit with the slider but it was pretty much like i want to say 85 percent middle lo- or high lock here which is kind of funny i do wonder what will happen when kirby eventually figures out how to get lots of stuff down there and then stay only upstairs with the four seamer but hey, he survived against the Astros, so we're cool. Yuri Perez, I don't know how much we're going to see. My guess is really after the All-Star break, they just push him back to the minors until the middle of August. I feel like it's going to be that way with Yuri Perez and Brian Wu. It's going to be really annoying for those leagues that picked up both of them, aka me, and I, I'm going to find a way to figure that out, and we're going to have to claw our way through those weeks, likely by picking our streamers wisely and hoping that we can win an ERA and WHIP. I don't know. We'll figure that out. Together, but Yuri Perez did well against the Cardinals six innings, one earned run, three hits, two walks, and seven strikeouts. He was stupid good at 10 over 42 whiffs on the slider. I had an interesting conversation about Bobby Miller versus Yuri Perez for next year. My first instinct was say, No, it's going to be Bobby Miller because it's a better situation in the Dodgers. So much potential at 100 miles per hour in the slider. But Yuri Perez, imagine he develops that changeup next year. And oh boy, I mean, he's the next coming of Sandy Alcantara. So I don't know if I agree with that anymore. It's gonna be fun doing the top 300, top 200, I guess, starting pitchers in uh, in October. It's essentially gonna be like a full day stream on Monday because we're gonna have the playoffs on Tuesday, and after that, the Monday after the season ends, I think I'm gonna do it. I think I'm literally just gonna power through from like essentially the morning of the podcast, uh, and I uh, and then go from there to the beginnings of it. Take a lunch break, for, so for an hour, and then just plow through it the rest of the day uh, we will see it'll be a lot of fun but i'm talking about like october 3rd right now or i'm talking about 5th or something whatever right now it's september september july 7th and yuri Perez is still pitching that's a good thing but yeah get ready for the likely valley of minor league stint but i imagine for september yuri paris is going to be pitching then probably shut down like the last week or something that's probably what you're gonna see Tanner Bybee against the Royals did well. Everything you're supposed to do, five innings, one and run for its four walks, four Ks. And I say everything, well, got through five innings of one and run. Uh, the walks are a product of his secondary stuff not being there. The, the slider control was just not it. The curve was enough in the zone so that he could survive these five innings. But um, yeah, I'm still kind of waiting for Bybee to click in with three things. And I think this one was four seamers doing well and the curve doing well. But not the slider or the changeup. So I need three things from Bybee, not two. And then when he has that, then I feel much better moving forward. I, mean, I guess the Rangers likely um, and the return from the All Star breaks, so that's not fun. And uh, we're going to have to uh, endure this for a little bit with Bybee. Um, there are a lot of others to talk about, of course, from yesterday's game, including the guy who earned a golden goal yesterday. And we're going to talk about all of those and, of course, tomorrow's games and today's after this break. Are you ready to step up to the plate and show off your fantasy baseball skills? Check out Underdog's Fantasy 7th Inning Stretch Tournament from now through July 14th, where you can build your dream team and compete against your friends for the $150,000 in total prizes. So what are you waiting for? Visit the link in the episode description and use promo code PITCHERLIST to receive 100% deposit match up to $100. Join us in the seventh inning stretch tournament and experience the thrill of fantasy baseball like never before on Underdog. Good luck and may the best team win. Must be 18 year old or older, 19 year old or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 and older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncp p gambling.org. In Arizona, call one 800 next step. In New York, call 18778-Hope and NY. And in Tennessee, call 1-80-889-9789. Jordan Lyles did not get a win despite going five innings one and run. Poor guy. Um, but yeah, he's just not something for fantasy. the Urius came back from his still ill. This still ill is the first one. Now he's much better against the Pirates. Good stuff there. No fears moving forward. Rinald Blanco had nine strikeouts across six innings against the Mariners. Three earned runs, three hits, two walks. Something to think about. He throws 40% plus sliders. Could go up to 50%. The changeup of four-seamer got involved with five whiffs each. This was more of the Mariners, I think, being the Mariners. The four-seamer was really precise in this. I loved that. It was really good with four-seamers and sliders. The changeup was kind of whatever. Um, but uh, it was really nice executing what I call the seven which is upstairs and then um, upstairs with four seamers and then sliders and um, going glove side. Like that is what I call the seven. You see that from a lot of guys. You see that with lefties into righties. You see that um, from righties staying away from uh, right-handers and also staying inside to lefties. Um, That is a a system I think that works really well. And uh, Ronald Blanco, I think, actually has some some upside here. 18 whiffs here against the Mariners. Probably isn't going to stick around, but... Uh, interesting stuff here if he gets more starts for the Astros moving forward Freddie Peralta got that golden goal 28 whiffs, 36% CSW I don't even need to read the line because it's stupid you get 30 year runs and 4 hits and 3 walks but he's up 1.5 ticks on the 4-seamer 2 ticks on the slider 3 ticks on 10 curveballs he earned 12 whiffs each on both 4-seamers and sliders 60% CSW on the slider alone I mean, come on Freddy Peralta, as far as like any conversation we've ever had about skills and trusting the process over results, this is that. So all uh, all, all of y'all who are wondering, like, do I sell him Pre- Freddy Peralta? Do I buy in on him? Yeah, buy him. Um, Cutter Crawford against the Rangers. I want to see him doing the four seamer um, mixed with sliders and sweepers for about 80% of the way. And he only did nine of those sliders and sweepers across the 73 pitches here. So I wonder if that's going to change moving forward. I'm not going to judge him harshly against the Rangers, but I feel like that was a start to experiment with and he didn't do it. So I'm a little annoyed by that because that's me from out here on my armchair. Um, Jesse Shultons against the Jays. 11 hits, one strike at him, four innings. Yeah, okay. Uh, Nathan Evaldi against the Red Sox. Oh boy. Uh, let me tell you a story. It's about Nathan Evaldi throwing 94.4 and then 93.8. Sorry, 93.8 then 94.4 and then 96. And we thought maybe he's okay. And now he's back down to 94. You tell me, do you think that Nathan Evaldi is healthy? Do you think that is just a mechanical thing that's just going to jump back up to 96, 97 and be good for the second half? Yeah, didn't think so. Okay. Yusei Kikuchi against the White Sox. Five innings, four earned runs, eight hits, zero walks, and four Ks. He threw a lot of sliders and curveballs over the zone again, and he's doing the thing that we want him to do. 11 for 11 strikes and sliders is pretty cool, but the curveball got smacked for five hits. So I, I do like the the mentality but I think he needs to be a little bit better with them. As those curveballs weren't just, like, really low down. It was, yeah, those were hangers that they just slapped as the White Sox. He did earn 14 whiffs, though, in 76 pitches, which is really good. And the 4 seamer's is interesting. He, like, kind of... I feel like he needs to actually get that thing upstairs as opposed to uh, all around. But Kikuchi, I think, still works as a streaming option. He's probably not going to start to go, though, in a... In another 10 or 12 days, because he won't be part of that rotation um, out of the gate. So if you have something else that you need, Kikuchi is someone that you can drop in the moment. Marcus Stroman against the Brewers. I know it's three straight starts of three earned runs, four runs, five 500 runs, none of that order, but that's what you've gotten. After not allowing three earned runs in seven straight games, which is shocking, he gets the Red Sox next. I think we just still do it. The sinker is still a very good pitch. It's not as good as it has been, but I think it's just, you know, normal uh, undulation. Yoan Aviedo actually located really well, I think, against the Dodgers. At 18 whiffs here, and really the only earned runs, those five of them, were off the bats of Muncie and Freeman from home runs, for the most part. 6.2 innings, six hits, two walks, and six Ks to go to the five earned runs. This is against the Dodgers, need pitches. This was pretty good. I think if it was against a worse team, Aviedo comes through in a big way. 52% CSW with that slider here. So it's important to understand that... Uh, with guys like aviedo like yeah we don't expect him to do well against the dodgers and we weren't gonna start him but it's about hey what was the actual skill though and the skill was much better here than we've seen lately especially with the fastball actually being around the zone that does suggest that okay he could take advantage of those poor teams i know he didn't against the brewers but it's very easy for us to see that one start against the brewers and go oh he's never gonna do it again it's like well no in the same way that good pitchers who do well once don't necessarily mean they're going to do poorly the next time a uh, guy just poorly one day isn't necessarily going to be bad the next. And you're going to see now and runs and so you think, oh, Aviedo is not capable at all of being a streamer. I'm like, no, he still very much is. Hogan Harris against the Tigers, yeah, he did terribly. 700 runs, 4.2 innings. We probably don't say, uh, you know, we probably don't really go after Harris for a bit, not to mention, like, I don't think the a's are going to have too many good streaming uh, situations moving forward because they've had so many good ones lately. So, yeah, we probably ignore Hogan Harris, who doesn't have the same ceiling as Aviedo. Ryan Nelson was terrible against the Mets. Three innings of seven are in runs, and just one strikeout, and it actually was so bad that Dre Jameson had to come into relief, which means he doesn't start tomorrow, which is so annoying. But the the changeup, as his number two, was just thrown ten times. Why? It was actually like good. I don't get it. That's supposed to be your your thing. You didn't throw it twenty percent of the time. I don't, I don't know. He just overchucked fastballs on this, and they got pummeled. And yep, that's okay. Goodbye, Ryan Nelson. And let me Severino. Oh man. So I've been actually saying that the fastball has been better than um, the results have said. But this was... I mean, the the Orioles just jumped on it. Like, it was up in the zone, and they were like, oh, hi, cool, great, thanks so much. And they just destroyed it. Um, slider didn't get a ton of whiffs. The low change-ups also allowed hits. It makes me think that there is tipping. And I, and again, I mentioned it before, uh, at the game, my friend was like, hey, he's slowing down when he throws change-ups and sliders, and I think that is a legitimate thing. Uh, Cohen has mentioned that he's had a problem with um, you know, with telegraphing in the past. So I do wonder if that's actually a huge thing with Severino right now, which does suggest that, yeah, the tiara is there. And I also don't really think that Severino is from a skill set of like these pitches from a PLV standpoint or stuff plus and all that kind of stuff are nearly as bad as seven and runs and 11 base runners and in 2.2 innings, right? This stretch is really bad and should not be on your fantasy teams. But um, if you're in a situation where you can hold on to someone, you have an open spot, like, just don't start Severino, but I do imagine at some point this year this will get fixed in some way. Also, keep in mind, I believe he's a free agent after this. Like, he's going to figure this out. Like, he's not just gonna be like, all right, whatever, goodbye. Like, no, he's gonna he's gonna work through this. Um, all right, looking forward to today and tomorrow's streamers. We have uh, Zach Gallen, Luis Castillo, Zach Wheeler, Corbin Burns, Justin Verlander, Andrew Abbott, Dylan Sees, Hunter Brown, Sandy Alcantara, and Tyler Glasnow, all in that auto start tier. Yes, even Glasnow against Atlanta. I know it's scary. This is such a good day for pitching, by the way. We have so many fun things. Like, it's Wheeler versus Alcantara. It's also the return of Carlos Rodon, who I actually have in my probable start tier. That's Bailey Ober, Yu Darvish, Jordan Montgomery, and Carlos Rodon with Tony Gonsolin and Savali against good matchups at the end of it. But Carlos Rodon, I'm going for it against the Cubs. I just think he's done really well in the minors. I think that it's too—it's a high enough floor that you should just, if you have him, just do it. If you're debating, do I activate him to drop someone else? You can probably wait one more start. Just don't activate him and do that later. Uh, for after the break, that gives you a lot more time to figure out your roster. Maybe something will open up and you don't need to drop anybody. And this start is not worth it to for that, uh, to not give yourself that opportunity. Uh, Charlie Morton, Griffin Cannon, Cole Irvin, and Alec Manoa are in the questionable start here. Right, Alec Manoa's making his return. I'm so curious about that one. Um, Cole Irvin is the stream pick of the day just by default, um, not out of excitement. It's against the Twins. Maybe Cole Irvin could pull that one off. I don't feel like I need to go after that whatsoever. Uh, do not do not start here, Daniel Lynch. I know he's had two ERA in the last three starts. Don't do that. Uh, against the Guardians. I do not like that changeup. Uh, Luis Medina, Rich Hill, Jameson Tyon, Ross Stripling, Cody Bradford, Austin Gomber. Alex Fajardo's returning. Oh, man, did you not expect that to be great? I mean, maybe the slider was amazing against the Jays, but no. Trevor Williams, and who knows what the Red Sox are doing, because Paxton is starting tomorrow. And yes, Al- Andrew Heaney is starting tomorrow as well. Um, we also have Cody Bradford going today for... Uh, and then, Sorry, that is Heaney. I every reason thought that was Angels, right? Cody Bradford's going today, and Heaney is going... Tomorrow, I'm um, looking forward to tomorrow's game, speaking of which, we have Garrett Cole, Kevin Gosman ahead of Spencer Strider, because Strider gets the Rays, and Cole and Gosman are going against the Cubs and Tigers. James Paxson's after that against Oakland, love that, and Blake Snell gets the Mets, and he's been very strange with what he does, he's had success, but it was 11 base runners in 5 innings last time, don't forget that. So he's not at the top of this, but I still obviously want to start Blake Snell. Framber Valdez, because he is starting and the Astros aren't saying, hey, let's give you another week because it's the All-Star break, fine. Then I I feel okay with the start against the Mariners. Um, Tyler Wells against the Twins and Sonny Gray against the Orioles round out that tier uh, in that matchup against each other. Sonny Gray could, yeah, Sonny Gray's in a good spot and you start Wells anytime you see him. Uh, Mitch Keller is in the probable start tier because he was lower in velocity last time. I really hope it's not a trend down the were scarier with Corbin Carroll but they still are scary without him Reed Demers gets the Dodgers he's on such a good run that even though it's the Dodgers and it's nice to see that he is starting I think he would be but they are skipping Tyler Anderson they're pushing up Demers a day which is really nice I think or actually not a day this is the last game of the season or the before the break because there's no game on Sunday for the Dodgers or the Angels it's nice to see Reed Demers to get that start because he's been just so good, uh, Brian Wu against the Astros, um, it's the Astros, but Wu's is that good, Gavin Williams is doing well, um, well, he didn't do well against Atlanta, but he gets the Royals, and that should go well, uh, Braxton Garrett against the Phillies, he had a misstep, same with the Rangers Suarez, who gets the Marlins, and both of them are still here, because I feel like I'm not ready to give up on them, and Andrew Heaney did really well with the slider down last time he gets the Nationals, so fine, we're going to go with that, uh we'll start to you brady singer against the guardians he's still a cherry bomb i know his 12 with was slider last time i know it was 12 called strikes in the sinker he is more volatile to me than andrew heaney is and the guardians are a little bit tougher so he's in the questionable we'll start here and taj bradley gets atlanta that might even be like a do not start be very careful with that one especially if you're close in ratios but if you need strikeouts taj bradley could still do that in the do not start tier, Paul Blackburn gets the dreaded red streaming label as I don't want to start him against the Red Sox. I don't think his ceiling is high enough and the Red Sox have shown that they have a good enough offense to mess this up easily and it's just not worthwhile. Um, same with Miles Michaelis against the White Sox. I just don't want to do that. Uh, David Peterson, I don't think is doing enough with his repertoire against the volatile Padres. Alex Wood, it gets Rocky Road, you would think that I would like that, but he just hasn't gone like six innings doing well for a while and it's weird and just I'm not doing it. Colin Ray against the Reds. Maybe the fastball just worked, but it's the Reds. Drew Smiley has not gotten his curveball down for a while, so we're not trusting this. He didn't do well against, like, the Cubs and— I'm sorry, not the Brewers and all that kind of stuff. Just don't do it against the Yankees. Uh, Luke Weaver against the Brewers. You can't trust that. Michael Grove. It could be Landon Knack, and I spent, like, 30 minutes covering Landon Knack this morning um, to say, like, hey, who is this guy? If he does get the opportunity, he's with the taxi squad. They haven't announced anything. It might be Michael Grove and then Landon Knack for a bulk— um, I don't want to start Michael Grove. If it's knack involved here, uh, he throws ninety one with upper half fastballs. Not really necessarily above. Don't think like Ober, like it's above it, but it's upper third um, with four seamers. And they sometimes get whiffs. They sometimes don't. Where it's really the slider is like the do or die pitch, and he throws it glove side and has really good command when he does. I watched. I I, I looked at three games on Savant essentially. That's the best I can do for you, and I. Uh, First and foremost, the fastball is not an elite pitch, from my understanding. Not like this big, overwhelming whiff offering. Um, it's fine, but it's not It's not like, okay, the fastball is going to save him. No, it's all about that slider getting whiffs and being so good down in glove side. Thing is, one start, he just completely lost it. Three uh, three ago, and the last two, it's been much better. While the other stuff is just no. Like, I, I, I do not get the sense that the cutter, the change curve, whatever else is there. Landon Knack, it's it's really slider four-seamer. And considering that four-seamer is just a 91, and non-elite pitch that breaks the and Noe rule of do not go after a guy with an elite slider and an okay fastball. So, I don't really have interest in Landon Knack at this moment. And I don't feel like you need to stash him at the, uh, for now, now that he's on the taxi squad. That's just me. I know there are many amazing prospect analysts out there. Um, listen to Matt Heckman as well with us, uh, who is our dynasty manager here at PitcherList. But I, uh, but yeah, that's just how I see it, and I'm, I will always tell you how I think. But those are probably smarter people than me, um, when guard regards to prospects. Jake Irvin against the Rangers, I know he's swing harder. It wasn't as hard last time, and the curveball like found its way to get called for last time. But it's he needs a much better second pitch. Um, Matt Manning against the Jays. No, thank you, Tukey Desant. He's a thing, I guess. Well, he's around. Not really a thing for your fantasy teams against the Cardinals. I don't care. If it's the Cardinals. Tukey Desant is not. That, that moment of excitement he had, what, in like 2019 or something? Connor Siebold against the Giants, uh, no thanks. And, of course, the Dimebacks without Dre Jameson. I have no idea what they're doing on Saturday, and I don't really care. All right, that is it for today. Um, just a heads up, I will be doing the podcast throughout my trip next week, but I'm going to the Cape um, from the 10th to the 18th of July. That's so what I do. Uh, I will not have, well, I'll probably have some sort of mini podcasts for you guys on tuesday and wednesday and thursday um it'll be interesting i'm probably going to just do some broad things maybe take some questions um just about the second half things i'm planning for maybe i'll actually look at september schedules just like i have a quick like generalized thing for you guys one of those days um if i can get that together with uh, one of my staffers but um just like a generalized, like okay, the month of September, these are the series, so this might mean X, Y, and Z. That's it. Not even like these guys. But I uh, live streaming, not going to do much of that next week. Um. So I, so we'll see. And uh, I'm seeing actually in chat right now, um, uh, someone's questioning my uh, how I feel about Yuri Perez. I'm telling you guys right now, they're going to limit him to about 120 innings or so. Um, it's not going to be 150. They're not going to just let him ride uh it's not the plan it's not what they're going to do it's going to annoy a lot of us i get it but it's just not going to happen and i um, that this is from uh, from craig mish and if you can't trust craig mish you can't trust anyone so uh so anyway that is it um thank you guys so much for the support i'll be back monday morning of course uh and doing the podcast through the all-star break enjoy the break hopefully you guys can take some time off and enjoy yourselves but that is it so my name is nick pollock and may your bavis below. and your strikeouts high